Where Nikola Jokic's chances of winning a third MVP coming off his finals MVP. We'll talk Peyton Watson versus Tyson. Hunter Tyson. I got it. I got it. Hunter Tyson. Hunter Tyson. And I got some questions for Adam about strategy for the Nuggets as far as the in-season tournament goes. This is a lot. It's a mad topic right there. You are locked on Nuggets. Your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us part of your day and listening to us. If you're an everyday or especially, we appreciate you guys being a part of the community and joining us on all platforms, whichever one you choose, whether you want to join us on Apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star reviews, Spotify, check us out on YouTube. You can catch a live version of the show with World's Finest every Sunday night as folks like Dragooten is hanging out with us in the chat segment. Uh, Make sure to hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube as it is the best way to support the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA for a free white tech hat with any purchase. I've got that hat. It's really cool. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm very sick. I'm not well. You look good, though. It's August. I feel like absolute garbage. You know, I felt like I feel I feel like and I feel like I look like Lydia did in Breaking Bad when she got poisoned at the end of the show. So, if wow, you know, I'm sure you haven't seen that. But, yeah, that's how I, I, I felt the last couple of days was just like sunken eyes, not feeling well. And I was like, did I get poisoned? Did I did, did Jesse slip Saul the, or did Saul steal the cigarette? That's how I feel. I'm joined by Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR. Check out the pre and post game show. For every Nuggets game as well as Nuggets content on the daily over at DNVR. You can check him out on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares. Adam, how was your weekend? Matt, I very well may have played my last ever back-to-back. I played Saturday. I played basketball Saturday and Sunday, and I feel like I was in a car wreck. <laughs> You're just like damaged. Your knees are just crying. Like there's just tears running down your from your cartilage. My, my legs are like screaming at me, just like, why did you do this to us? So I, I honestly was sitting there going, will I ever do this again? I don't know. There's always a last back-to-back, I guess, for, yeah, for everybody. Um, all right, on today's show, we're going to talk about can Jokic win MVP again? We're going to talk about the uh, in-season tournament. I have thoughts on that, Adam, not so much, but that's okay. We'll get a segment out of it. And then we're going to talk about Peyton. Oh, I have thoughts on it. I just love that you said strategy. The way I know. Yeah, strategy yeah. in there, I'm like, of course you have a strategy in uh, mind. Peyton Watson versus Hunter Tyson. We're going to get into as well as we continue our series of debates between players. Um, let's start here. So over at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sponsor of Locked On and Locked On well. NBA, uh, the Denver Nuggets obviously um, are up there in the futures department for winning the title. They are currently uh, 10 cents behind the Boston Celtics for the favorite to They're win. behind the Celtics now? Yeah, after Ooh. money came in. I think I think there's been a little bit of a fade on Denver as, as things have gone into. Oh, yeah. I'm going to imagine, actually, I'll tell you yeah. what I think that is. If the win total goes down, they will adjust the market. I bet you there's been enough under money on the 54 and a half that it has moved their title odds down 10 cents. I maybe, it's, maybe it was Vlaco Chanchar. You never maybe, know. Hey, maybe it was Vlaco Chanchar. Uh, but Nikola Jokic is the favorite currently to win the 2024 MVP at plus 
30. There's a, a lot of ways to go with this. Um, I will start by saying I have said, surely Jokic can't win it again over and over. And every year he's in contention for it. That was so, before the championship though, man. It's true. Uh, and so I can't really justify saying he's not going to win it. I can't rule him out. There are all sorts of reasons why I would not bet it. But if we're just talking about picking it, who's going to win it? I mean, yeah, like I think Jokic probably should be the favorite given how effortlessly and completely he dominates in the regular season. And the fact that any and all, well, yeah, but about him is now completely dead. Um, I think that the narrative, like if we start by just saying the narrative, I don't know that there's a narrative reason he can't win it anymore. I really don't like winning the title last year. You got the two in a row could have been three. There's even the narrative maybe in his favor that actually boosts him up with the, well, he should have won last year. So if that's a tiebreaker, it shouldn't be, but you know, humans think this way, there's no narrative. And I just think that if he's the best player in the league and having the best season, there is zero hesitation in giving it to him this year, which is different from any of the previous three seasons. To be honest with you, even three seasons ago when he won his first one, there was still some like, well, has he proven it or this or that? Or, but now I just feel like there's no narrative reason he can't win it. Um, he's got to obviously perform. He's got to do it now. But I just don't think there should be any hesitation. And then lastly, Matt, I don't know what you think, but I don't know that it would be a distraction this year. Like last year, it was a distraction. Him and clearly he didn't want it and the attention and this, that. I don't think he wants the attention and I don't think he cares for it. But he didn't tank his odds two years ago or three years ago. Last year, he probably did a little bit. This year, I just think he's like, they give it to me, they give it to me. I don't care, but I'm not going to run from it. Yeah, I think it's hard to, uh, it'll be hard to, I think, replicate some of the conversational aspects of last year. It was such a, it was a very once in a, blue moon kind of situation um how can i put this there are there there are certain elements in media that absolutely are just 100 behind joel specifically like that like joel has certain backers in the media i'm out i'm out time out i gotta i gotta debate this because this was one of the things i was going to bring up was if we look around now i think the narrative weight is now around those other players, including and especially Joel Embiid. Oh, yeah. So does he have his backers? Yes. But I feel like this year, this yeah. next year, Joel Embiid has to win by, you know, 10%. Yeah, I would uh, I would say I, I don't even think it – like, I'll just be really honest with you. I don't think there's any way he can win it. Um, Joel, I feel much more confident about saying he can't win it because people put their necks out there for him. They were, yeah, like, man, they denied. Yeah. Like, yeah. they went out and they, like – criticized Jokic and critiqued him down to these little tiny details about so many things that even in retrospect, they've admitted, like, I don't really know what I was doing. Like, I can't believe I was actually saying this. And Joel completely embarrassed them. Like he absolutely, all of the stuff about like, about like, well, I like my guys to play defense. Well, Jokic played really good defense and Embiid got absolutely lit up by Jason Tatum in one of the most pathetic playoff exits ever. So like, that's out. Um, I think as far as Nicola goes, he can dominate and put up the, like, part of this is too is, it's funny when we talk about, like, here's a comparison to LeBron, because that's where I think Jokic is. It's like, Jokic's prime is as good to me as almost any LeBron season, uh, especially on the offensive end, right? Yeah, offensively and, for sure. And so, 
one thing that happened was those late Cleveland years, people, there are people that, that firmly believe that those were like the best LeBron years. And like, from my perspective, having watched the whole spectrum of his career, and I know you have too, LeBron wasn't necessarily trying that hard. Right. And he was still that much in control of the game. Once you've mastered it at Jokic's level, you're not fighting through every night. He's not having to make tough layups. Like it's just like, it, it's scripting language. It's back I'll, in I'll your go, hand. I'll go one further than you on this, Matt. And I actually said this on DNVR last week, but maybe I can articulate it even better. But now that I've digested it a little bit, the Warriors in 2016, they won 73 games in part because they had momentum and they just pushed through the, the finish line. But they but they were like 50 and 6 or something, you know, to start the year. And the reason wasn't because they were trying so hard, in my opinion. The reason was because they were in such a great rhythm as a team that it was fun to show up and play every night. They were having fun out there. We keep thinking, Jokic, maybe he takes it a little easy this year. Maybe he coasts through. And I still think that's probably what happens. You know, I don't know that he plays as hard, you know, every single game as, you know, maybe as, as we would hope. But I do think the Nuggets are likely to be in a better rhythm than they ever have been before. This starting five in particular has played together now one full season. Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter have played together three full seasons. And Aaron Gordon and Jokic has played together for a couple seasons now. So to me... The chemistry and flow of this team should be at an all-time high for the starting lineup. And that's the most fun thing for a player like Jokic when the team is just humming. So I kind of have a feeling that even if he doesn't play sprint out the gate individually, the game might come so easy to him that it is fun and he's just enjoying it this year. There's always, I think there's a real chance that happens. I think uh, that you're absolutely right <clears throat> that he might – like enjoy this year more than some of the others. And he'll, you know, he's playing with a high level of basketball with guys that he trusts with guys that he knows, etc. I do think that this one stat is, is kind of notable. Um, Nicola is going to be, how old is he going to be this season? 28, 28. And so he's going to be 29 by the end of it. Okay. Um, the last guy to be 29 and win, you go back to Kobe in 2008. This is his age 28 season, though, to be clear, because he doesn't turn 29 until February after the cutoff. Yeah. Um, the reason I kind of bring this up is there's been a, a trend where 28 is kind of the upper lip of, of MVP discussion or MVP winners. And the reason I think that that is, is less about how good the players are or any sort of age curve, and it's more about when you get to 28 and 29, you're so focused on titles that you don't emphasize those regular season accomplishments as much. Um, and I definitely think that there's like a, a good question here of whether or not, like we've, we've already asked this in other contexts of what is the effort level going to be like from Nicola this season? Um, the, the real thing here, and this is going to tie into the last segment as well is like, could Nicola just do this by could, could he win a coasting MVP? Do you think that the nuggets could be that good? And he could be, yeah, like, I mean, I, so he, I was going to ask you some similar things here. Like the answer for me is yes. Jokic just puts up stats. <laughs> like even on his bad, like his bad games are still 16, 12 and nine, right? Yeah. Like that, that's a, he wasn't trying. So the answer is yes. But I was thinking about this, Matt, because the narrative is so the, the narrative against him is kind of all washed away. If the nuggets are the one seed next year, Jokic is averaging 20, 
10 and a half and eight, which is low for his standards, right? 20, 10 and a half and eight. But the Nuggets are the one seed and his advanced stats still have him number one, but just in the same way they always have. Not like a huge outlier, but just kind of he's always number one there. Is he the MVP most likely? Yeah, I think so. If I think, the, oh, okay, go ahead. I think there, I think that that in that case, what you have there is you have the analytics community comes in. The beat writers have always kind of been behind him because they talk to enough people to be like that guy dom, or they just watch these games and are like that guy right. dominated that game. And then you would have the rest of the outliers that are like that are like that whole, stuff that we dealt with last year. Like there's a, you and I have a mutual friend um, who would made a lot of things about like. Well, it's going to be really weird if we give Jokic a third MVP and he doesn't win the title. Like now you have it just basically like, well, he's certified. Like it would be certifying essentially that Jokic is the best in the world again. Right. Like it would be a recertification of Jokic is the best in the world. Okay. Um, and since that's, that's the consensus going into the season and people are very anchored to their beliefs. I think that there's a, I think if, if he accomplishes the wins and the stats, yeah, I think he, I think he wins. What, what about this one, which I find funny. What if his, counting stats are the least impressive of the last four seasons. Again, maybe they're somewhere around that line, but his advanced stats are more impressive than the previous seasons, which gets weighed higher. Cause in the past, the advanced stats got weighed down, right? Like, well, he's just an advanced stat guy. But I think even that narrative now is like, well, maybe we should look at these advanced that's stats. That's a little bit more. Uh, I will tell you, he still won't win. And because in that case, it'll be like, well, yeah, his advanced stats are great. Look how good the Nuggets are, which is really hilarious in retrospect. Right, right, right. about. Um, the, the comparison here, even though there's not a Kevin Durant, there was a little like on top of the fact that it's like you can't give Steph the MVP because KD's there. There was just kind of this level of like, Okay, Steph's numbers just aren't really production wise. And if you're, it will, instead of it being like a knock on Nicola, I think it'll just be like, a, no, Nicola's still like the most impactful player in the game. But like Luca's averaging 30, you know, right, 32, right. 11, and nine, right? Or whatever his, it is. His counting stats numbers are just so yeah. through the roof. Yeah. All right, um, wait, one more, one more. I got one more for you. All right. The Nuggets are the three seed. Let's just say Memphis is number one, Sacramento number two. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like a team that has an MVP candidate ahead of them. Nuggets are number three, number one in offense, number 25 in defense. Jokic is putting up the same average of the last three seasons. He's putting that up in all accounts. Okay. How, how much of the season has he played like the first month and last month of last year? Like how the last month, none none like the last month, but I mean, he just had a rate. I mean, he played the same. We're just saying he's played the same in the last three years, which is like MVP caliber. Yeah. Nuggets are one on offense, 25 on defense. <laughs> it would be tough, I think. I think it would be – I think there would still be like a little bit of a, okay, no, yeah, he played defense last year, but let me see it again, you know, because there will be – you know, there will be people that are happy to jump back on the other side. So that's what I think. You think the narrative is not fully dead. You think it's merely knocked out. Yeah, I think it's knocked out. I think there's always people waiting to knock the, the people off the top rope. So All right. that was fun. That was good. On the other side, uh, how about Peyton Watson versus Hunter Tyson? We'll talk about that comparison. Uh, which player will have more of an impact on the Nuggets this season? We'll do that on the other side on Locked On Nuggets. First, I need to tell you about Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a sculpted look. The shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. 
They fixed this by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter promo code locked on NBA for a free white tech hat. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or promo code locked on NBA for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Hey, shout out to David here. David says that he's got a timely show providing relief from a brutal storm on an army base in California. Stay safe, David. Appreciate you, man. Uh, David joins the show all the time, so we really appreciate David hanging out with us. And yeah, definitely stay safe. That's from the 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 hurricane as it, it was described. Um, all right, so Peyton Watson versus Hunter Tyson. Scale of one to ten, how surprised would you be if Hunter Tyson took the majority of Peyton Watson's rotation plan minutes by the end of the season? Scale of one to 10. Hunter Tyson over Peyton Watson, mm-hmm. blown away. Really. Blown away. I don't know that I could say another two young players where one overtook them. That would be more shocking to me. Hmm. Okay. Uh, in, in the Jokic era, like mm-hmm. Jokic overtaking Moutier, I guess was a big shock, mostly because we didn't know who Jokic was. But um, outside of that, I don't think there would have been another two prospects where one took over from the other. Why do you say that? I'm, well, for one, just who else would it be? Like Murray was supposed to be there. You know, I don't know that there's another one. But two, the Nuggets to me are all in on Peyton Watson. It's just they, they have an investment and an attachment to him. He's a first round pick. You're always, first of all, you're always more attached to your first round picks for various reasons. Like yeah. you're, you're more incentivized to get them to work out. Peyton Watson has been, the track has been laid for him to get an opportunity this year, whereas T- Hunter Tyson is more like the track is being laid for him to be able to play next year, the following year. Um, And then on top of that, just the mold of player. I think Hunter Tyson looks like a great offensive player, and I'm really excited about what he can be. And I think he looks like a good defensive player. Peyton Watson looks like a great defensive prospect who has some offense that can come along. And I just think Denver probably is looking more at the defensive side there. Okay. Um, So on the scale, because I just pulled out randomly, um, let's assume that like one would be – that's what I expect, right? Like I would actually like anticipate that that would be the case. Five would be like not shocked at all. Does that mean, does that make sense? On yeah. Scale? Uh, yeah. I think I would probably be a five and a half, maybe a six. Not shocked at all. Not or shocked. mildly shocked. I guess that would be. I um, I You'd do not, like, oh. I, I don't put as much stock in the very small sample of games that he played in last year. Um, I did not look at him in summer league and go like, Oh, that's a guy that's like ready for the NBA. Like he's an NBA player. He's above all these other dudes. He doesn't need to be here at all. Did not see that. Um, this is a team that runs on reads and high execution. And those are things that I think are especially tough for a young player whose primary gifts are athleticism. And that's not to say that he can't catch up to those things. He certainly could like, I'm open to being wrong here. Um, but at the same time, like Hunter Tyson, it's basically like you're basing this off of he had a few good games in Vegas versus non-NBA competition. And that's certainly accurate. My counter to that would be he brought a mentality and approach and a readiness that that's the whole thing here, right? Is like, if you want to play for this team in 2024, you have to be ready because they're contending for a title right now. You have to be ready. And whatever Hunter Tyson is, he is more ready that he may be nothing, 
but he is more ready to be nothing than Peyton Watson is ready to be whatever he's supposed to be, which is like a major impact, versatile toolkit, do it all kind of guy. And that combination to me means that like, I think the floor for Peyton Watson is very low. And it may be a situation where you get to March and you're just, or not even March, January. And you're just like, look, he's just not ready. Like he did. We just, you know, we thought he would get there. It hasn't happened. And some of this stuff is not even like, it's not about how hard he works or um, any of these other things. It can be injuries. It can be circumstance. It can just be like how the team play. There's all these ways it can mess with that curve that he's supposed to be on. And to me, the guy that can benefit most out of Strother and Pickett um, and Tyson would be Tyson. You know, Zeke is, is the obvious one here that he slots in and plays more four, but they don't have a five. Right. So um, that's kind of the equation here. He does up to the guys. He does seem to have a path to just positionally. I think that that is like one, one box in his uh, favor. Is it, yeah, so I, I think that and that versatility, I think, really matters, especially with like if if you're Malone and you're trying to find multiple lineups that I think definitely does matter in terms of that equation. Um, you know, and a lot of this is also going to be like, how many mistakes do you make? Because that's really like a lot of this equation. When we talk about being ready. That's usually like the shorthand is just like how mistake prone are you on the floor? And so I do think there's a legitimate question here of. You know, if you if you told me to book odds on it, I you, you're absolutely right that the Nuggets are heavily invested in Watson. They've cleared the decks for him. They want him to like Calvin Booth has has made it like this is going to work. We're doing this. This is what's going to happen. I believe in this. This is going to work. And I've said repeatedly, like I think the roster could be different by the trade deadline. So there's a lot of ways that this happens where it's like Peyton didn't play as much, but he still had a role. And instead they got somebody else and he filled in the rest of those minutes. That's entirely possible. But I do think that um, it's not that I like Hunter Tyson's upside more. I think I like his ability to hit the target, right? Yeah, like yeah, aim sure. small, miss small, maybe is the best way to describe it. Yeah. I think, uh, so you raise a lot of good points in this one. The first is, so clarifying that for me, most of my calculus here goes that I think the Nuggets just are all in on Peyton Watson. And yeah. I think they're more like, let's see what we have in Hunter Tyson. So it's just a different approach there. That's most of my calculus. I would agree with you in that you watch those two guys and Hunter Tyson looked as ready as Peyton Watson. And more to the point, your point about the low mistake, I think Hunter Tyson knows how to play the game. I think he understands how to read the court. He plays has veteran him and, and Pickett both to me have are very advanced. I mean, they're old, right? They're two of the oldest guys in the draft. They're very advanced in terms of, do they just understand basketball? And that is a huge thing for a coach about who do you play? So you were right about that one. And I think Peyton Watson is good, not great there. Like he is more average for a player in his status, right? Like red shirt rookie. He's about average there. So I do think that that is one advantage to Hunter. And then the positional thing is also advantage Hunter. But still to me, if I'm weighing all of these things, the what is the team hoping to do and who is going to get the first guy? Like on day one, where do these guys slot up? Peyton Watson on day one slots up as the backup small forward. Yeah. Hunter Tyson slots up as the third string. And it is very hard to – it's not impossible, but it's very hard to break out of that. It almost never happens in the first month of a season. You go through all training camp, whatever – you get to the season and then you give guys a runway. So the path to Hunter Tyson winning this that we're talking about 
it's like it doesn't even start till November for me. And then that's when he gets a little bit of chance here. But even Christian Brown, like think about how good Christian Brown was, didn't yeah. really get a chance till December or so. So Hunter Tyson would likely be on that path. And for him to overtake a Peyton, I just, it would be so hard to do. Yeah, I, I think Christian was facing against a little, a little bit more veteran guys that he had to kind of like edge yeah. and bump out of the way for minutes, I think is part of it. Definitely. Um, and so this is kind of the thing is just like, if we make, if it were to come down to Hunter versus Watson, right? Like Hunter versus the field, you're right, I don't like. If it was like, well, if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Watson or it's going to be Hunter, that becomes like a more interesting question. I think as far as it goes by, by the end of the season, who do you think is going to be a more reliable defensive player? Peyton. Would it surprise you if it wasn't just that part, not all around just defensively? Yes. Same. Yeah. And I think that's another key here is if you had to have one thing, you'd probably just have a good defensive player who kind of screws you up on offense, but whatever he guards and he makes plays. And I think Hunter is like a well-rounded guy who might be adequate on defense, but you know, a coach starting to think about the playoffs, it's can he really give us three minutes against Kevin Durant just in a staggered lineup? Yeah. And maybe not. Okay, Peyton, we think can. So get, forget everything else. Yeah, that's a good part of the equation too. Is is factoring in the playoff stuff? I think matters here too. That's a good point. Uh, on the other side, uh, the end season tournament, the schedule's set. We haven't really talked about it. Look, the Nuggets don't need to win it. They probably won't want to win it. But could the Nuggets just win it anyway? We'll talk about that on the other side on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Matt Moore alongside Adam Mares. Thanks for being with us on a Monday. Hope your week's going well. Hope you're enjoying the offseason. Uh, all right. So I want to talk a little bit about the in-season tournament. This is the kind of thing that I'm... I am like extremely excited for um, it will probably not work. There's a million ways this is going to bomb. The players themselves have been like asking on Twitter, like, what do you guys think about the in-season tournament? There's no way, way of really knowing like how this is going to go. The odds, like there's going to be skepticism and I'm totally fine with that, et cetera, et cetera, but it's going to happen. The Nuggets are going to play these games. And so I do kind of have the question of, the Nuggets obviously ha like have to approach this with like this is not a, a concern for us. This is not why. First, first of all, first of all, Matt, the pool play is just regular season game. games. Yep, those matter. They're not yep. going to punt on those. They're going to play them. And by the way, one thing that's important about this is no back to backs. All of those games will be well rested games. So if you think about when is Denver care about games more or less. The less is always just about fatigue, rest, injury. And those things, I think, will not change in either direction. But given that none of those games happen on a back-to-back -back or most of them happen with two days off leading into it, I just think Denver will take them seriously, regular season seriously. I agree. I totally agree with you. Um, the re reason I was kind of trying to, to say that it's more a matter of that's why they'll, they, would, they would give – a high level of effort or put normal regular season effort or maybe a little bit more because they're three of these are conference opponents that are potential playoff teams. Um, and not like we got to win these games so we can win the cup, right? That won't be a priority. Winning the cup won't be a priority, but well, there's every reason to think that the nuggets could absolutely win this thing. Well, hold on one last thing on it. 
Will the Nuggets play their guys more minutes than you typical in those games? Oh, that's a good question. Probably How many more. minutes will Jokic average in those four games, assuming none of them are blowouts? 32. That's a, so average. Yep. No difference. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's the real kicker. All right, let me ask one last one. The best player on every team, how many teams will play their best guys more than average in those games? I'll put the over-under at four and a half. So most teams will just treat it like regular season. Yeah. And then when the tournament comes, that's when they'll decide like, okay, we're going to try to win this. But the pool play, yeah. random almost. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I agree. And so even – so here, that's kind of the question here is like when they get to knockout play, should they treat the knockout? Because the what ironically, the first actual – until you get to the championship, all those games are regular season games. So the semifinals is a regular season game as well. It and is? That, yeah. What do you mean? But, but you're matched up with whoever you're matched up with. Right. I What's what's funny about this one, Matt, is presumably if everybody tried hard and you won your pool, your odds of having a better record kind of like take a hit because you're playing good teams, right? Yes. yes. Um, but when we get to, to tournament to knockout play, I think that's where you kind of have to assume that Denver will not – that's where like the that's the bar right is like we're not going to go above we're not going to meet the level if some teams like we actually really want to win this thing we're going to play our guys more denver's probably going to stick to 30 i mean that's like an interesting question here is like if you get to it it's like the semi if it's the semifinal right and you're facing dallas right and it's a regular season game and it could determine tiebreaker tiebreaker um how much effort do you put into that game like how far do you go to win that game Knowing that the result is that you play an 83rd game. So here you well, yeah, that part. Here's what I think. The round of eight, the quarterfinals, those take place at the home arena, right? Of I think of whoever the top seed is or whatever. I think that's a regular season game. Regular season intensity, minutes, everything about it just works out like it's a regular season game. Maybe with slightly more strategic from the coaches. Maybe they put in a, something they wouldn't have otherwise. But for the most part, regular season intensity. I think once you go to Las Vegas and there's going to be so much media there because it's the first time ever and like, what is this thing? And it feels a little different because you just flew to a different city to do something like this. I think it's naturally going to have an intensity to it on top of the fact that you're like, well, if we just win two games here, we all get a million, half a million dollars. So for me, pool play, regular season, energy, intensity, and strategy round of eight, same thing. Final four and finals, that's where I think it get, the players just naturally kick I, into. I agree with you. I'm totally with you on this. My, my argument in favor of this entire thing has been that the players, when you ask them about it, are going to be like, whatever, I don't care. But when you have the most competitive athletes in the world, and it's like, if you lose this, you go home and that other team gets to go on. And they get the money. Right. They get your money. Like, once that gets in there... I think that they're going to be like, no, I'm not let. I think a lot of this is that there's going to be enough of, I'm not letting that guy win. I may <laughs> not win. I don't care about winning. I'm not letting him win. That guy's not winning. Imagine it's Dallas in the semifinals and it's like Grant Williams. Right. And it's like, okay, whatever. But like Grant Williams is going to like. Oh, especially if we have, I mean, think about if it's like, 
Portland's James Harden versus the 76ers in the semifinal. Yeah. You know, like, you know, some team where it's like, oh man, now this isn't just a game. It's not just that. It's like, no, I can't let those guys get the money. And then on top of that, it being in Vegas is a funny wrinkle to me. Yeah. Because I do wonder, like, there's two types of players in the NBA, right? Well, there's really three. There's a middle class. But there are superstars where half a million dollars is a cool bonus, right? That's cool. And then there's guys where it's like, that's a big, meaningful amount of money. Those guys, the, the lower tier guys, they get that $500,000. million or $500, They probably have a great night in Vegas. Go out, go all out. Jamal Murray, I don't know if Jamal Murray is this tight, but Jamal Murray gets half a million dollar bonus. That might be a half a million night in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it might not be Murray, but you can imagine a James Harden type or somebody of that nature. It's like, yeah. hey, man, if we do this, guess how fun this weekend is yeah, going to be. Yeah, going to be awesome. Yeah, exactly. So, like, these little things I think I think are going to matter. And so I do kind of wonder if the Nuggets can go ahead and win. Um, I actually, because this is a, the type of nerd I am, I have I have win percentages against their opponents. Let's hear it. Uh, Dallas, I have them as a 58% favorite. I think that's right. Uh, the Clippers, I actually have them at 62 that's both home games, so I think that's right. Um, the Pelicans, I actually have them even. They're coin flip. I think that's also right. I, maybe a slight underdog there on the road in New Orleans. Yep. Uh, and then I have them 68% against Houston. The Houston one's hilarious to me. I think my, that one might be too high. It's at the end of a five-day road trip. It, the longest road trip of the year, and that's the last leg of it. So I do think that there, that one might be a sneaky. Like Tracking. It's the last game. It's the last game, so I do think there's something to Denver like – you know, the last game, if you know, like, if we win this, we're in, maybe they're a little bit more motivated or less. I don't know, but maybe less. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. less motivated. I mean, but... what if they're like, what if they're one and two, right. And it's like, they're not going to, they're not going to win the group. They can't, they're not going to make it into the, to the knockout. Like it's for sure. They've already. Well, yeah. Then that one, yeah. It feels like even less important. You know, what's interesting though, Matt. And I didn't think of this. We agreed that the Nuggets is November was tough and that their start was kind of tough. The there's an at large wild card at bid for the two best records who didn't win their pool. Yep. And the Nuggets have a hard opening schedule there. So they I didn't think of this, but the opening schedule part actually does there's always somebody that gets easy at the start and hard at the start. And the teams that get the easier start actually have a better chance of at least being a wild card, which means a better chance of winning the half a million. Kind of an interesting thing. It's all tied in. I love it. This is the stuff I love. I'm gonna be doing tiebreakers in November for <laughs> The here's what needs to happen for this thing to really take off and it's not going to I, I just don't think it'll take too much time but if this lasts for 20 30 years i do think there's going to be a world in which a team not only wins the title two three years in a row in a little dynasty but then there's going to be a team that wins that also yes and it's going to be like you know what there's been a handful of three peats throughout history but only one team three peated both tournaments or whatever and I think that'll be kind of cool. With the Chicago yeah. Bulls, is there a Bulls run? With any of the three peats where you think if this would have existed, they would have won the yes. tournament? Yes, all both of them. <laughs> they have both three peats. Jordan Jordan would have been like, "No, we're winning that too." Yeah. <laughs> Jordan would be like, "I don't care. I don't care. We're winning that too." Oh, you're, you're forgetting one key factor here. What? The games being in Vegas is actually yeah. a negative for Jordan. <laughs> Because he's not waiting to win the money to spend the money. He's out at the yeah, casinos. The difference is it doesn't it doesn't change how he plays. So that's true. Like, you know, he's he he it's like, yeah, Jordan lost 17 million dollars last night at Blackjack, <laughs> dropped 35 and won the cup. Like that would yeah. be, you know, was up, up until 6 a.m. playing blackjack and yeah. it doesn't matter. Um yeah, I'm I'm with you because 
I go back to the really great teams that were just like, let's win everything. Let's win as much as we can all the time. The Warriors in 2016 absolutely would have been like, no, we're winning those too. Like, right. they would have been like, eh, meh. They would have been like, no, we're winning this too. We're going to win everything. Does it, like, I don't care about it, but I'm not going to let you win it. I'm winning it. It's mine. So that's what I'm hoping for for the NCAA tournament. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the Nuggets approach to it and their thoughts on it as we get closer to the tournament. That's going to wrap it up for World's Finest on Monday. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to hit the like button on YouTube. Subscribe. And give us those five-star reviews. Have yourselves a great week. We'll be back again on Wednesday with Adam's show. And then Friday, friend of the show, Fridays come back on Friday. We'll see you guys again next time on Lockdown Nights.